Today we have Tawny Gomes talking about her experience with marathon racing. Thanks for joining us today, Tawny. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Um, you know, just to get it out of the way, we have a few quick demographic questions that we like asking. I'm always curious what walks of life marathon runners are coming from. If you could share your age or your age range and your day job, that would be great. I'm 57, and um, my day job is a sales manager for a beverage company. Awesome. And uh, what was your very first marathon race? Honolulu, Hawaii, 1997. Wow. Talk about a first race going all the way to Hawaii. Probably a pretty scenic, beautiful race. Tell us a little bit about Honolulu. Well, it was my very first marathon. I had never been to Hawaii and it was right around my birthday. My birthday's in December and uh, the Honolulu Marathon is usually the second Sunday in December, which is always a day or two around my birthday. So um, I decided it would be a great there's a whole nother story, which we may get into, but um, of why I figured, hey, it's my birthday. It's Hawaii. Never been. Might as well. So that was my very first marathon back in 1997. I walked it. I was a walker then. Um, in September of 1996, I started my journey at 300 pounds. And um, so I was starting a journey of health and fitness. And so this was like a year later, a little over, you know, September 96, December 97. Um, to kind of celebrate my recovery and I had been hit by a car when I was out walking and um, so they had to put me back together again so kind of through a series of different things it was it was just a great way I thought wow that you know a year from the day I was hit by a car I could you know finish a marathon in a place I've never been right around my birthday Amazing. So what really prompted you to run that very first marathon? Was it that car accident? Was it the weight loss journey? Honestly, so in um, September of 1996, I was inspired by Oprah to um, start my journey. I grew up, you know, morbidly obese. And um, I had been doing 5Ks. I had been walking 5Ks. I was living in San Francisco at the time. And uh, this is the late 90s. And um, I was doing, I mean, up there you could get, like within an hour you could, you know, do a 5K. And back then, you used to get all this stuff in the goodie bags. It was like, you know, cotton back then, cotton t-shirts and all these products would just like stuff these bags full of stuff and amazing food. And I was like, man, you get, this is like so exciting. So every weekend I was doing these 5Ks. So I was out walking one day and got hit by a car when I was walking. And so I was pretty pretty messed up. So I was Humpty Dumpty. They had to put me back together again. But I had lost 20 pounds before I got hit by the car. And it was just enough of a taste of success and a taste of feeling a little bit better that I wanted more of it. So I did all my physical therapy and rehab and it took months and I was in a wheelchair and all that. So I was going to say that that had to be a pretty big setback, that car accident. It was. I didn't gain any weight. Okay. Um, you know, and honestly, um, cause it, it all, you know, when you're in it, you don't see it, but, um, I was on disability because I, I used to travel a lot for my job. And so while I was recovering, I started an online support group, um, which was life changing for me and a lot of people. And, um, and the support group was for 
weight loss for weight loss. Yeah. And this was also in the late nineties. So yeah. where were you running this support group? There wasn't a Facebook was, around back a, then. It was message boards. Message boards. Okay. Message boards. Yeah. So, um, but we were all, you know, it was kind of inspired by Oprah. And so, um, so I was doing, so after I got, I'm going to fast forward this because otherwise it's a five hour podcast. But so what, <laughs> you know, once I got rehabbed and all that, I was really excited to get back to five, you know, to do five Ks. So, uh, I was doing, I was walking a 5k as part of the San Francisco marathon. And back then, again, this is 96, 97, they finished at Kizar stadium where the 49ers used to play. So I had finished walking and I was feeling really, really good because I had just, it was my first 5k back from being in a wheelchair and getting myself back on track. And so I was sitting in the stadium and I was watching these marathoners come through. And I, again, I didn't grow up in sports and stuff. I mean, I was fat my, you know, most of my life. This, you know, I'm 35 when I'm starting this process. And I remember just sitting there and I'm feeling good and so happy, like, oh man, it feels good not to be in a wheelchair. And, and I'm looking at all these different shapes and sizes and ages. And I was like, wow. And the thought I had was, wow, well, I just finished walking three miles. What's another 23 miles? I mean, if I can come from a wheelchair and then I had the thought, it's too bad you can't walk a marathon. You know, because back again, 90s, you only see these people puking and throwing up and like yep. run, hardcore. And God, whatever you want to call it, whatever you release is that there was a woman walking through the stadium stairs, handing out flyers that said, um, team in training, um, trained to walk or run your first marathon. And I went, what? I took a flyer. They were having information. It was the first year that team in training was starting. I went to the informational meeting. They said that they were training a group to go to Hawaii. And when I looked at the date, it was like my birthday. And it was going to be like a year since I had been hit. So all that kind of combined. I had to raise money and all that. But I was fired up because it was so so impactful that, oh, I could go to Hawaii and I could, and I was walking, I was a walker then. And so I walked my first marathon in December of 1997. That's amazing. And congratulations, I think, Thank on you. just the accomplishment and sort of that journey that you went through. And sometimes timing is everything. It sounded like sort of you were at the right place at the right time to get that flyer on those stadium steps, right? Mm -hmm. oh. And I really did, when you come back from such a traumatic experience as being hit by a car when you're out walking and see what your body because again I didn't grow up being a, an athlete so like seeing how my body could heal and seeing what my body and I thought I just walked three miles what's another 23 miles yep puts things in perspective right <laughs> yeah 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 a little bit so that started the journey amazing and what have you learned you know about yourself since walking and running marathons I have learned I can do hard stuff I can face um, I've been through a lot of trauma and, you know, lots of people have, it's not like I'm some unique person, but, um, I'm amazed at how resilient I am. I mean, I know I'm resilient, but I even amaze myself at how resilient I am, the stuff, you know, that I've gone through. And, um, it just is, it has just taught me how to, it, it, you know, it's a metaphor for life. Marathoning is a metaphor for life. And I break things, I break, I'm in sales, you know, as my job and I break things down into like training cycles 
when I'm going after these different accounts and what I'm doing. I mean, it, it, I use it as an analogy for my life all the time. Marathoning is a metaphor for life. It really is. And I, I totally relate to that because I think 26.2 miles is a lot and life is a long journey, right? And it takes a lot of time and there's going to be hurdles and walls that you hit along the way. And, mm -hmm. you know, you just got to keep powering through. So I, I love that mentality and that metaphor there. So how many marathons have you done since that Honolulu one? I meant to double check, but it's over like 150. I think it's like 163. Whoa. Well, I've done a bunch of virtuals because of COVID, yep. so I've kind of lost track. Okay. But my friend said, you know, you should still count those. I wasn't counting them. So then I had to go back and try to count all the virtuals. So I think it's like 163, 164. Wow. So 163 saying. and you started, you said at age 36. So that's yeah. quite a lot, you know, many per year there. Um, let's go through some of the highlights. Which ones have been your favorites? Oh, let's see. Um, I love uh, Marine Corps Marathon just for all the pa patriotic stuff that's there. And I'm born and raised in Southern California, so I don't get to see seasons. So when you go back there and the leaves are changing mm -hmm. and just all the monuments and everything, um, uh, really, really a phenomenal event. The Marines run it precision, you know. Um, <laughs> my sentimental favorite is Portland, Oregon. Um, I was blessed to be um, on the cover of Runner's Old Magazine and they sent a crew out there and Oprah sent a television crew out there for my online support group. And um, and what's the name of your online support group for everyone? It was Connecting Connectors. It no longer exists because now we have Facebook. Oh, okay. So, that but, makes sense. Uh, back then we didn't have Facebook. Um, so that was just very special to um, have people from my online support group come together to meet face to face because it was... Again, this is in the 90s. This is now people meet on the internet and stuff. But back then it was like, what are you doing? Meeting people on the internet? <laughs> Still today, though, I don't think a lot of internet groups meet in person. So I think that's, yeah. a, that's so a, we, another really nice we, thing. We came from all over the place and uh, met. And then Runner's World um, you know, profiled us. And we were on the cover in 1998. And then we and then the Oprah flew us to the Oprah show and... Wow, yeah, so you were yeah, on Oprah very, too. Oh yeah, so it was very exciting. So Portland, Oregon, I went and did that many years because it was just very sentimental. And so that race really was more about just sort of sharing your story with the world and connecting people. Yeah, and that was my first run that I ran because Honolulu I walked and then Portland I, I ran. Wow, amazing. And what was your weight down to at that point? I had just gotten below 200. So wow, I was, I amazing. Was exciting. I was um, celebrating being under 200 pounds. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How That's did good. that, you know, how did marathon racing impact that weight loss journey for you? Well, in the beginning, because I had never done anything but, you know, sit around and eat all my feelings, I was, I would lose weight because, you know, it's new and, and you're, I'm sure my body was in shock. But, um, I mean, now I, it doesn't really cause me to lose weight or anything, but, um, you know, it's, really marathon running, exercise, whatever you want to call it, it's really more about lifestyle for me now. It doesn't really have much to do with weight loss. <clears throat> but it, you know, I used to be on a lot of drugs and uh, it just, you know, I've suffered from debilitating depression, debilitating anxiety, panic attacks. Um, and just getting into the routine of always running or working out. I don't run every day, but you know, regular routine working out. Um, you know, I'm not on any medication. I can handle just about anything. I still have. I get anxious. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I don't have to stuff those feelings. I don't have to drink alcohol. I don't have to numb out and check out because it's too much for me. I can just go for a run. Even like if I'm in bed or whatever and I feel anxious about the day, I'm like, Tawny, the world's going to look a whole lot different after you come back from the run. Mm -hmm. And without fail, I'm driving back or walking back to my house and I think, you're okay. I mean, it happens time and time again. So now when I get those feelings or I have depression days, I call them dark cloud days, mm -hmm. I just, I meditate, I have a gratitude practice and I think, let's table this go for a run and we will re revisit this when we get back and without fail it's night and day so it's just impacted my life it has very little to do with weight loss now but back then it was like when you're 300 pounds it's like oh i just gotta run and lose weight yeah. you know but yeah. now it's amazing yeah it sounds like running really took on a new meaning in your life now mm -hmm. absolutely totally transforms your mental sort of state and ability absolutely at yes. the time where do you uh, like to run around here now these days well, I'm so fortunate that I live at the beach um, and we have a great bike path here so we don't have to deal with cars. Um, so I'm I'm born and raised in Southern California. I can train year round and um, so we do our really long runs out at the beach because we can go 20, 30 miles out on the Rincon not have to deal with any cars or lights or anything. And then uh, midweek runs we'll do, um, there's a bike path here. Amazing. Yeah. Now, going back to those 160 marathons, <laughs> that's quite a lot here. What was the most scenic one, would you say, that you've done? The most scenic marathon. Let's see. Hmm. Scenery is different, right? I've done Big Sur, so that's pretty scenic. But again, I'm born and raised at the beach, mm -hmm. so it's not like, whoa, I've never seen this before. Yep. Plus, I did Honolulu. Um, Sedona is beautiful. Sedona, okay. Sedona. Um Marine Corps was awesome because, again, the leaves and all the monuments. I love Twin Cities in Minnesota because you finish kind of downtown and the tree-lined streets of all the leaves mm. changing was beautiful. Um, How about any smaller marathons that you would point to that maybe our listeners might not have heard about that you really enjoyed? I did one called The Top of Utah. Ooh. Where is and that? Where it's in Logan, Utah. Okay. And you kind of go through this canyon. It was so pretty with rocks and trees. That was pretty small. Um, How many runners do you think were at that one? Maybe a thousand. Wow, very yeah, small. Yeah, very small. Um, yeah, I mean, I do lots of smaller races now. Um, you know, I live in California. We have great scenery. Mm -hmm. But I kind of like to do something different, like mountains, because I live at the beach. So mm -hmm. I think... You know, traveling to, um, oh, I've done some great ones up in like um, Colorado. Um, Durango, Colorado had a great mm. one with this train. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Durango, Colorado. Um, you know, I get something from all of them. I really do. It's, it's, it's just such a great way to see a city. I've traveled internationally because I've done all the states, all the continents. You've done all 50 states? Uh-uh. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And so, every, all seven continents. Yeah. Wow. So let's yeah. let's dive in there a little bit because that's... So, I mean, um, there's different scenery, you know. Everywhere. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Alaska because I don't oh, think... Oh, uh, so beautiful. Where was that one? That was uh, the Midnight Marathon. Um, so beautiful. Oh my God, that was beautiful. Well, t tell our listeners a little just, bit about this uh, midnight marathon. Um, well, you, you don't run it at midnight. They just call it that. Oh, but, um, okay. I have done a midnight marathon, extraterrestrial marathon on Highway 
uh, the extraterrestrial yep. highway. You okay. run it, you I run just it had a guest who uh, told me about yeah. that one. That you one's do, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do run at midnight. Um, Alaska's so beautiful. That is a good scenery one, too. Just the uh, moose and the wildlife that you see and uh, the just the mountains and it's so green and the blue is so blue mm. beautiful alaska is beautiful spectacular beauty that sounds amazing yeah. uh yeah. it's on my bucket list and yeah, how about internationally amazing. you said seven continents which ones have you done uh, abroad and any specific ones that you would point to as must do's for our listeners paris london berlin Antar all the majors antarctica uh, what was the Antarctica one like? It's cold. Cold. <laughs> <laughs> I really I call that the waddle because I had so many clothes on I didn't feel like I was running. Wow. That was that was but it was an experience. But yeah, you just sort of like the Michelin man with all your clothes on. <laughs> uh Great Wall of China. Uh I just recommend like and just going, it's a great way to see different cities mm -hmm. in a different way. And you meet people from all around the world. Yeah, you know, the running community is amazing. It's really beautiful. And yeah. it's something that I think has come up a lot in the podcast is both yes. the sense of community and that sense of adventure and seeing the world through running is just a beautiful and thing. And now with technology and internet and Facebook and you can hook up with people and and runners are always willing to help other runners like, hey, where should I run or where should I stay? Mm -hmm. You know, you can go to any, we go, now you can go, I mean, I did all this before the internet was the way it is, but, but you know, now you can go to a foreign country, but know all kinds of stuff. You can look at videos. You can have other runners connect you with things, and you can know all kinds of information. So technology has been amazing for running. Definitely, it's taken it to the next level. Um, and on that note, actually, I'm curious, just sort of, what kind of gear do you wear, and you know, any sort of tech that helps keep track of your runs, or oh, um, you know, what do you use on the, the tech and gear set? I love my Garmin. I have a Phoenix. Uh, I love I love my Garmin. In fact, I'm going to teach you something about Garmin because I listened to your podcast yeah. and it, when I was listening, I was like, oh, I got to show them that on the Garmin. Um, I love my Aftershocks wireless headphones. Um, I love my Asics Gel Kayano shoes, my Belega socks. Um, I have a great uh, waist pack by Ultimate Direction that I love that carries my water bottles. Uh, what else do I use? I always have a hat on for some protection and to, you know, keep my hair at bay. Um, but that's the only technology is my Garmin and my wireless headphones, shoes. Okay. Now, one of my favorite things about marathon racing is the signs on the courses. Oh, yes. And you've been to 160 of them. <laughs> so I'm curious, what have been your favorite signs out there? I love the one, you know, because a little joke with running is, you're almost there, keep going, you're almost there. And it's like you're at mile 12 or something. <laughs> I saw a sign that said, you're not anywhere close to going, you better buckle down. Or something, oh, something to that good. effect, like you're not close at all, you got a long way to go. Or what something mile like, was that at? Like five, five or whatever. Yeah, so I liked that. The standard, this is the worst parade ever. Um... um if you're looking for a sign, this is it. I've seen that. If you're looking for a sign, this is it. Um, I do something bizarre. I mean, the people that I run with don't, you know, they're used to me, but I count dogs. So dogs that, along the course uh -huh. to help keep your mind distracted or just something to do? 
I guess all of that. I'm a big dog person. Yeah. And um, yeah, it keeps me. And then it's like I used to have an Australian Shepherd for 14 years. So those count double. Like I make little games about it. Like, <laughs> That's okay, fine. it's an Aussie. So he counts double. Um, sometimes I've done d- dog poker. Oh. Um, so uh, I have a dog PR, you know, for the number of I was going to say, what's the number? The 147 men- dogs. Wow. Which course was that at? The marathon. Well, to be disclaimer, there was a dog show we ran by a park uh. that had dogs. So I was trying to count one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, as I was running by. We'll but, have to put an asterisk yeah. next to that one. But, um, <laughs> so I do that. So, um, yeah. So uh, that's something I do. And so my group that I run with, they're like, oh, did you count that dog? Did you see the dog in the car? So they they look they look for dogs for me. But um, That's a fun tip right there. I think everyone should be dog looking next marathon race. Yeah, or whatever. But so that's not really a sign. But I more look for look for dogs. Um, I know. I because of COVID, I haven't done a race in so long. I'm like, God, I haven't seen a sign in so long. It's been a while. Yeah. So you know, actually, on that note, how has the pandemic impacted your running? It's been awesome. I did my first hundred miler. Wow, where was that? We just did it up and down the Rencon because oh, it was virtual. Um, I so you went. Let's just back up a second here. You went from three hundred pounds to running a hundred mile ma- I know. race. Crazy! Uh, I think I think we need weekend. just a, a minute to so sort of acknowledge that accomplishment. There, hotter than hell too that weekend. Um, yeah, I mean that's what I mean. Like it's running has just taught me. I just break things down in bite sized pieces. Figure out, okay, it'd be better if we do loops because we go get water. Like, I just break things down. I do the same thing in my everyday life. I'm very methodical and breaking things down, whether it's a sales call or a pitch or a product launch. I just kind of break it down. Um, And running has really taught me that. Yeah, it's a a great skill. And I I do the same now when I race. You know, I never think about 26 miles at once because that would be... You know, mind-boggling and sort yes. of intimidating. But when yes. you think about it in, you know, a half marathon at a time or five miles at a time, it, it makes it easier to digest. And well, I like you, how you translate that into other parts of your life. Well, Ryan Hall, who was a you know an elite marathoner, and he coaches his wife Sarah Hall. He wrote this book called "Run the Mile You're In," and I do still challenge. I have challenges with anxiety, and um, sometimes I'll get like, I don't know if I can keep this pace, and I start getting this anxiety. It's like Tawny run the mile you're in. Let's not be worrying about what the hill or whatever got you don't know about any of that. Run the mile you're in. Hmm. And so, you know, same thing with product launches for my job. It's like, I don't know, I gotta do this. I start getting like angels like Tawny, it's one phone call, it's one email, it's one yeah. One thing at a time. That's all we can do, right? That's That's all we can do. That's a great mindset to have and I think marathon racing, to your point earlier, it's a metaphor for life and just really teaches you about what you can do and you know how you could really conquer goals by breaking things down into small Absolutely. bite-sized pieces. Um, I am curious, um, you know, how do you decide uh, what to wear on race day? Or, you know, sort of any rituals that you have going into races or, um, you know, things that you sort of think about leading up to the race? Well, I do a... Um... Well, it depends on where I'm racing, obviously. You stalk the weather like any runner does before they race. You got to stalk the weather. But um, so I start looking at the weather. If it's a local race, um, it's not as, you know, because if you're traveling, you got to pack, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do a mile dedication list. So every marathon I run, the uh, couple days leading up to it, I list from one to 26 numbers, and then I dedicate each mile to somebody. Oh, that's pretty amazing. 
Oh, is that yeah. a common thing in marathon running? Well, I've taught people it, but yeah, I love but, that idea. But um, and you switch that up marathon to marathon. Every marathon is Amazing. different, and I I type it out. I used to handwrite it, but type it out and I laminate it, and I usually pin it on the bottom of my bib, and then every mile I'm like, okay, this mile's for wow. you know, Sherry. This mile is for. That's probably a pretty good way to motivate you to keep going during those miles, right? Yes. And then... Um, How do you usually choose the people, by the way? They And they change. Some people are always remain the same, but... Um, who who remains the same? Um, Oprah. Um, my really good friend, Ellen. My other really good friend, Teresa. Um, my dog always gets a, a mile. What's your dog's name? Augie. Augie, I love that. Augie the doggy. <laughs> Augie the doggy. <laughs> um, just whatever's going on in my life. But I, I, the week that leading up to it, I start kind of jotting things down. Um, and then um, I do a playlist. And I did, so I asked them, so like if you were going to be one of my miles, I would say, what's one of your two or three favorite songs? And then whatever song you say, I add that to the playlist. You know, trying to just like the time. Mm -hmm. It's not an exact science because mile splits and whatnot. But the you know the feeling is there. So it's like okay, this mile is for Alex. He loves the song. Blah blah blah. And so that mile, I spend praying and being in, in gratitude for that particular person. That's pretty amazing. You know, we had one other guest that has people dedicate songs, you know, playlists, and it makes them think about them during yes. the race. So I think that's a great recommendation uh, for all of our fans out there to, you know, think about marathons as who you're, who you're honoring. And, you know, each mile could be a different person and each mile could have a song to correspond to that yeah, person. So that's really pretty helps. beautiful. I really love that. Um, I am curious, uh, what's your next race? Have you thought about that or, you yes. know? Yes. I have one in 48 days. It's in Was it's Revel Wasatch. It's in like near Park City, Utah. It's a limited edition, so it is going live because they're limiting it to like 100 people. Oh wow! I'm very socially distanced and and all the protocols. Um, so I'm very excited. I've been training since December 1st and doing my track workouts and doing my tempo runs and running hills and doing my planks <laughs> and my squats and my lunges and. Working. Sounds like you're ready. And I think you have the experience at this point. You know, it's so funny, though, because um, my friend Sherry, who, uh, you know, I run with a lot, and she's doing the race with me. We talk about, especially me, like I've done how many marathons and I'll forget something. Or I'm like, man, that's a rookie mistake. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Still happens. Yeah, you know, I'm like, where's my this? Where's my that? So, and I'm methodical and make lists and everything, but still, you know. I just find that funny. But um, yeah, so I'm very excited about that. I feel the training's gone well. I've been consistent um, and had a good good training block. So we have one more really long run and then we taper. So our last long run is like April 3rd and then we'll start tapering. So yeah, I'm excited. Amazing. And uh, just two more questions to wrap us up here. What runners do you admire out there? I admire the working people that are juggling it, the moms, the people that have real jobs and are fitting it in. You know, I often run at four or five o'clock in the morning because um, I have a, a very big job um, and it's just a great way to start my day. Um, but, you know, I have favorite people. I love Kira D'Amato, who just got signed. She's a real realtor, so she has a day job, but she just got signed by Nike. Wow. Um, I love, um, I'm part of some 
virtual running clubs on the internet, on Facebook, and I'm very, uh, even though a lot of those people I haven't met in person, but I'm very bonded with them and what they're accomplishing and the things they give me hope. And um, I love Sarah Hall. I love following her career. She's 37 and running the best time she's ever run. Um, so that's inspiring. I'm excited for the Olympics this year. I was at the Olympic trials in Atlanta in oh, February. Oh, awesome. wow. And then I flew back and the world shut down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did do the LA Marathon and then it shut down after that. But um, uh, yeah, so I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and just like to follow different people. And I like the people that are just putting in the work. You know, they're showing up every day, whether it's pretty or not, and they're putting in the work because I just relate to that. Mine's not pretty. Like I said, many days, four or five o'clock in the morning, um, juggling a lot. But, you know, my story's not unique. I mean, people juggle. Unless you're a professional athlete, you got to work, you pay, yeah. pay the bills and go to the grocery store and do laundry. And, yeah, and, that, yeah, and you, you nailed it. And that's why one of the first questions I ask is what people's day jobs are. Because it's always interesting to see marathon runners coming from all walks of life, you mm -hmm. know, security guards. Uh, beverage salespeople, you <laughs> yeah. know, marketers right. like myself, right. accountants, you know, it, it's sort of a, a wide range and it's pretty amazing. And um, we'll wrap things up here. You know, the podcast is called Why We Marathon. And I really just want to get, you know, two to three sentences, the crux of it. You know, why do you run marathon races? What's sort of that intrinsic motivating factor for you? That is a podcast in and of itself, isn't it? Right. Um, you know, I, I run marathons. I think it makes me a better person. Um, it manages, like I said, it manages my depression, my anxiety. Um, it's really saved my life in a lot of ways. I have had a lot of different trauma, but because I can train and taught myself, you know, I used to, I used to quit on myself a lot, and you know, I didn't start this till mid thirties, and I. I taught myself that I could trust myself, that I can see things through when it's difficult. And I marathon now, it's a way for me to give back. It's a way for me to see the world. It's a way, I just, I believe I'm a better human being because I can face hard things and I don't get, I don't get too rattled by much. And I've been through a lot, but you know, I was at the Boston Marathon when the bombings went off and I, was not, I wasn't running, but I was there to support other people. So I was underneath the finish line clock and had blood all over me. Hey. And that was very, very difficult. Had post-traumatic stress through that. At the time, I thought, will I ever be able to show up at a marathon again? Um, but the running community and how that whole thing, um, how they rallied, and when I flew back, you know, we had to do Homeland Security and all the FBI and all the stuff that's involved with that. Um, it just, there was something inside of me that I was like, no, you're, you can do this. You, you can do this. You've done hard things. And so whenever I'm just up against stuff and life beats you down, I just, I've done a couple Ironmans also. And so it's like, you know what? You can do this. And I lots of times will lay in bed and go, I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> I really don't know how I'm going to do this. But there's a small piece that I'm like, you got this. It's one foot in front of the other. And so no matter what 
you know, happens. I just marathoning it is a metaphor for life. And so I just love it. I've been, I've missed races so much and I don't really race. I just love the socialness and the going and see the different parts of the world and seeing my friends. And, um, it's just, it's my social life. I don't really do anything else socially. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's my social life. So it just brings me such joy. And I, have a practice of gratitude because again I'm dedicating a mile to each person so it's a way for me to spend time in gratitude and um, just honor honor the life that I've lived I'm really I'm really proud I've I've just I've you know I've transformed my life which you should be very proud of that yeah. and I think it's an amazing accomplishment and clearly marathon running has played a big part in that so thank you so much for sharing your story today Tawny I really appreciate it my pleasure